Good evening, friends, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Tonight, we're doing something a little different. Last year, Kit's father, Big Kit, and a good friend to Andrew and I, uh, yeah, sorry, Kit's father, Big Kit, also a good friend to Andrew and I, uh, passed away. He was an enormous movie buff and even better, our show's biggest fan. So this week, we're kicking off a triple feature comprised of movies that he uh, at some point recommended to each of us uh, over the years, uh, but that we are only just now getting a chance to watch. Um, So yeah, we're starting our Big Kit triple feature with Little Kit's pick, 1936's The Petrified Forest, starring Betty Davis, Leslie Howard, and Humphrey Bogart. Written by Charles Kenyon and Delmer Daves, and directed by Archie Mayo. Oh, that was a mouthful. A lot of names. Those are very na- a lot of names. Lady, very namey names. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like Delmars yeah, like... and Archies and Leslies, Humphreys. Yeah, well, Le- yeah Leslie Howard's two two first names there, so that's mm, that's always mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going on with Delmer. Delmer Daves <laughs> got that all screwed around. Do they? Do they? Delmer but... Daves is a guy who got like laid a lot. Probably. He wrote some good movies. Okay. <laughs> I just, I wonder, I wonder that, like, and maybe, maybe Kit could shed some light, but like, sometimes like you, you, somebody who's got like a, a nickname or something, like, I always assume that women don't want to fuck men with dorky nicknames, you know, like Slim Pickens. You know, like, I, you know, there was a guy, an, one of the actors in this, the old man, I think, is named Slim. And it made me think, like, I feel like Mike should name his next kid or something Slim. Because, like, Slim. if anyone could pull it off, I feel like your kid so, probably could. Funny story about that. Uh, at one point back when we were dating, I told, so sometimes, like, I'll be driving and I'll say, oh, hey, Sarah, text me <laughs> this thing I'm thinking of. So I have it, like, as a reminder. Mm-hmm. And I said, text me Slim Whitman. Because I was like, you know, I don't have any of his music. I should I should download some or listen to some. Um, and when I got home, <laughs> I looked at my phone and it said Slim Women. <laughs> and so she and, and she I should have mentioned she like when I said that, she kind of like gave me a look like, hmm, I don't know, like OK, uh, you know, she was suspicious. And so then I started laughing she, for whatever reason. She thought I wanted to look up Slim Women when we got home. But uh, anyways. So that's anyway, a real uh, that's a real that's a real sitcom uh married couple uh, <laughs> yeah. conflict would have caused an entire 23 uh, yeah, minutes the, of turmoil the entire episode for sure <laughs> yeah um but uh but yeah so i guess none of us had seen that well so i realized while watching this that i had actually seen maybe the first 20 minutes um mm-hmm. but had you seen it andrew oh no definitely not okay yeah and then kit so this was uh the first time watch for all of us all the way mm-hmm. through um, I don't know. Did you want to set it up at all or do you? Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Like I know like everyone in my family loves Betty Davis. Um, we particularly all like, well, I don't know if I'll include Sydney, but like my mom, my dad and I um, all really like of human bondage, which is a couple years before this. And that's also Leslie Howard and Betty Davis playing like very different a very different dynamic in that film um and you know obviously like 
my dad had seen basically every movie from like the 30s, 40s, 50s, probably. And so I like grew up like with probably more familiarity with movies from this era than most children. But especially like there was a time like when I was a teenager where like my mom and my dad and I, it was probably initiated by me, but we just started watching like the 100 greatest movies. And then like, just like every night we'd like watch a movie in their bed. And I don't remember Sydney ever being there, but maybe she was. Um, She's pretty small. (laughs) um, And then through that, we started kind of watching. That's when we watched like Miracle of Morgan's Creek and stuff like just kind of like movies that like, you'd probably have a hard time getting anybody to watch most of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And we didn't watch this one, but it was always one that like he would mention, like, you know, he'd be like, Oh, you haven't seen the petrified forest, dude. Um, And I, I think the big draw for him probably was this is Humphrey Bogart's first um, like star making role. Um, Mm -hmm. He actually named his kid Leslie after Leslie Howard because the studio wanted a star like Edward G. Robinson to play the the gangster. Um, and Leslie Howard had like, he was already a big star and he said, I won't do it unless you have Humphrey Bogart because they had done it on stage as the play um, before they made this movie. Um, okay. And so that, and that really like made Humphrey Bogart and he was always very grateful to Leslie Howard. Um, and um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure that that's the, I mean, we like Betty Davis and Leslie Howard, but I think, you know, it's interesting to see like Humphrey Bogart in his, in his first thing. Um, and maybe we'll get more into this, but like, personally, I was like, when Humphrey Bogart showed up, I was like, oh, I think I get it. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think I understand why this was such a big deal at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, I mean, he... I don't actually know when, but it's got to be like halfway into the movie before he shows up. It's a long time. Um, yeah, it's yeah. really long. Yeah, And I didn't realize, you know, that this was his first movie. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You save your big star because, you know, obviously yeah. now we all know Humphrey Bogart. But yeah, you save your big star for halfway into the movie. Like people are kind of, you know, what audiences have been waiting for him. And, you know, they talk about the character. So I suppose on some mm-hmm. level. But then, yeah, I, afterwards, it's like, oh, well, they wouldn't have been waiting for the Humphrey Bogart. They uh, would have just been, you know. Surprise. It would just have been some guy. Well, and but, they, uh, they really like marketed the movie off of that performance too, from what I can tell. They were like like the oh, really? it was like uh the greatest the greatest gay villain since, you know, Cagney in, you know, or like it's like very Wild. uh yeah. It, I think it's very I to, and I mean personally, I don't know if others will agree, but personally I did get a little bit of us like knowing that before I started watching the movie that it was his like first thing. Um, I did get a little sense of like, oh, this is like seeing James Dean or Marlon Brando for the first time that he does really feel like he's doing something different. From, yeah, I mean, from he's definitely else. got a presence. Yeah, like it's hard. It's hard to know how it would have hit you without now knowing you right know, everything. But uh, but yeah, like he and I think part of it too is just the way that the camera frames him in certain mm-hmm. shots. Like this is like a big you know yeah. presence a big guy i feel like um, most of my experience with humphrey bogart is like when he was older old yeah and, and like i haven't seen i haven't seen very many movies with him i haven't even seen casablanca um Whoa. i always forget that 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's a. I thought he was like, and I've never found. I've always so I, so just like my experience with him being older. Like I've never found him to be like appealing. Really, not unappealing, but just like. I feel like you've a, seen the Audrey Hepburn one a lot. Which one? The one that he where they made it with Harrison Ford. Oh, Working Girl? No. No, not Working Girl. Oh, God. Uh, Sabrina. Yeah. No, I feel like I've you've only seen Sabrina. I've, I've, no, I've only okay. seen the remake. Oh. And I love it. Maybe that's why I haven't seen it is because I just I'm good with Harrison Ford. <laughs> but it's that kind of thing. Like you can see like, oh, yeah, this is like he's like an older. He's way older than Audrey Hepburn, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of and it's like. I don't know. He pl- he played more of those kinds of things. But like I, this, I just, he really I just seemed like he was, a young Kai. I just wanted to say that I thought he was like dead sexy in this movie. He is. Like, like he is yeah. he is white hot. And I have not thought that about him. Exactly. Ever. He's like he really does seem kind of like. Um, uh, not only like scary, but also has the kind of because they're because people are very. um you know, it's the depression and people are, are kind of strange about these like <laughs> criminal, like folk hero type guys. And he apparently like um, one of the reasons that they cast him in the play is because he looked like John Dillinger and he studied sure. like film of John Dillinger. Um, and I assume that's why he's kind of holding his arms in that sort of strange, like taut way in I a lot of his scenes. That, yeah. I think he's definitely trying to evoke a specific person. Speaking of like how the world reacted to, you know, these like <laughs> criminal folk heroes or whatever. Um, probably the one of the funniest lines in the whole movie is when they <laughs> refer to him as the world famous murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I don't know if 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 the writer is is commenting on something or if it's you know if it's meant to be like a joke or uh or if he's like or if old delmar's you know deadly serious it about... is so i'm so f- this is based on a play by robert e sherwood um and i have a feeling like I, to me it's weird that he doesn't have like does he not have a screen credit for like the screenplay um I just saw the well and I just looked at have a story uh, by or play by Wikipedia. Um they're they their little sidebar. They just had screenplay by. Oh no, but they do based on okay. the Petrified Forest. There by you go. But he he so he wrote like the best uh, uh screenplays as well as stage plays. He wrote The Best Years of Our Lives and The Bishop's Wife and Rebecca. Um and he also but I've actually seen one of his plays. Um, called The Idiot's Delight. When we did the Ashland Shakespeare Festival when I was in middle school, that was one of the plays we saw. Um, hmm. Yeah, he looks like um, he looks like the guy from Sparks. He looks like Ron. Um, but and I, I was and thinking I, like Bill Watterson. Or something. <laughs> I was like 14, 13, 14, probably primed to just like any theater that I saw because it's like, you know, it felt intellectual i despised this play (laughs) like i thought it was 
And maybe it was, you know, partly the production. There's a film of it that I've never watched because I hated the play so much. But it had that, like, um, the kind of wild swings from comedy and almost, like, farce to melodrama. It's also set, like, I think during, like, an air raid at a hotel. So it has a similar, like, a kind of aesthetic to this or, like, setup to this film Mm -hmm. i thought it was that so that tone felt very familiar i thought it was much more successful here like i actually did think it was funny when they were like like the old man is so excited to see someone die and it felt connected to like why betty davis needs to get out of there that like all the people she's surrounded by are like i don't know so they're still talking about the civil war, you know, like, like, um, so, so that it did work like a little bit better here for me than I, than it did in idiots delight. Um, but it is like, it felt very play to me. It like, because like that kind of like tonal shift just feels very (laughs) theatrical (laughs) to me. There's definitely stuff in this movie that I really like. It's gorgeous. This movie's very pretty. Um, I do think like all the performances are good. I think especially for me, Betty Davis. Um, mm-hmm. There's one scene in particular where they're like talking at the counter. It's during that long sequence of yeah. like him kind of following her around. Um, and she's just like, I was just like completely transfixed on her and her reactions and like you know these performances are obviously like way bigger than i think we might see nowadays um but there was so much just subtlety and nuance yeah um kind of underneath all of the kind of big playing for the camera sort of stuff i don't know so i was just like sitting there listening to it and i think there's like a caricature that you know if somebody wanted to make fun of somebody acting in a movie and this era like there's a there's like a voice they would do you know you do like the Mm -hmm. put on the transatlantic thing or whatever but i just felt like this kind of cut through all of that and i just felt like not to say that like i hold the opinion that you know people from the 30s couldn't act or whatever i'm just want to say that like i felt like oh i'm looking at a real person that's that was like an actual thought that i had while watching this movie so i thought she was really good um I did overall find this like very melodramatic. Um, it it's it it. I love the sets or the set. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really cool, but I also am just like I felt so chained to it, in a way that I think you know a lot of movies at this time are are kind of stuck doing. But um, I just watched Babylon. I don't know, however many weeks ago I watched it, but like, there's a great scene in it about like, just like when they're introducing sound and it was fun watching this movie after that, because this movie is what, 1936. And when did, Mm -hmm. when did jazz singer come out? 31? 28, I think. Oh, 28. Wow. I think Uh, I might be wrong. Anyway, just like this movie's relatively early into the whole talkie thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of like it's fun to like listen to the to the audio and like there's times where I feel like I know where the microphone is just based on like how much like reverb is in the person's voice. Um so I don't know. I mean it's it's I think it's a good movie. I think 
I think I have like an inherent sort of distaste for movies where somebody falls in love with somebody in real time. Um, I have a trouble. I have trouble buying those types of romances just generally, and that's a very movie thing. I totally, and you know, I know this about you. You're like, and that's totally understandable. But I think it goes a little bit to, for me anyway, to Betty Davis, like what you were saying about Betty Davis's performance, like because at first I was a little bit like, huh? Because I mean, she's like 29, I think, playing this character. Mm-hmm. Um. She does have that like transatlantic thing. And so at first I was like, I I don't know if she's going to pull off like shop girl in the middle of uh, Ghost Town for me. But then when he when they start talking to each other and first of all, her she is truly kind of weird in a way that like gave credence for me to the idea like she does not belong here. Like she she's just like she's a different kind of person and she would say like like certain lines especially when she was i don't know kind of asserting the things that make her i don't know more of an artsy fartsy i don't know she just like there was like this girlishness and optimism but in a in a less like oh isn't she cute kind of way than i might than i might have expected from a movie from this period and like when they were talking because he's also a, a big old weirdo um not only is he british but he's like you know <laughs> a, like uh he you know he just doesn't take anything seriously but like when they were talking to each other i was like um no yeah i think that they do kind of like like belong together especially if like she's only met like it's like her dad her grandpa and that that stupid i hated that (laughs) the football player guy was so annoying oh yeah um but i'm like Uh, i think i I think even i i don't really like leslie howard or find him sexually viable but uh (laughs) but i'm like well if these are my options i mean well i guess you got humphrey bogart too eventually but like that's that's where i'm going yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I will say that uh, I will say that Bose is really awesome in that scene where everybody thinks he's reaching for a gun, but instead he's reaching for a newspaper clipping that Mm -hmm. says he should have gone all state. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it was also one of the weirdest shootings I think I've ever seen in a movie when he's gonna when he actually does go for a gun and is gonna shoot Humphrey Bogart, and then Bogart shoots him in the hand. The way he the way he reacts, yeah. It's like, and then like, uh, like, Betty Davis, first of all, immediately gets up and runs to him, which like, there's a guy shooting him right now. But then she goes, he just goes like, oh, we got my hand. And I'm like, that has to hurt more. (laughs) He he shot you through the hand and it's just like, (laughs) darn it. (laughs) Like, like you got a paper cut or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh there was definitely stuff like that. I think I kind of settled into this one more as like not a noir, but like like the noirs of the 40s that I have watched. Uh you know, I've seen I really I this is this is going to make me sound like a, a Philistine, but I have not seen a lot of movies from the 30s. Like the 40s I'm pretty good, the 50s maybe not as good, but 60s onward I'm I'm fine. But uh like the 30s um I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I, just not as many of them have carried through as, as have like from the forties or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so like the stuff with the acting, I hear you on that. Um, the, the staginess or the, uh, the like it's, feeling it's like less a play. the, it's less the acting and more just the script. I think, I mean, I, look, yeah. I, oh, well, yeah. I, I'm an the, outlier. I, this movie is like beloved. So, and not unrightfully so there's just like a part, you know, and I, I am, I think I'm mostly very, very good at not being a person who's like, oh, this is old, but it no, no, is old. Yeah. And I'm not. And, and so like old. these sort of like very stage playy, like melodramas, um, it's, it's hard f- when something I don't mind if like acting isn't realistic or whatever, but it has to feel truthful. And hmm. there are definitely, there's definitely plenty in this movie that does feel truthful. And there's just a lot that doesn't for me. Um, yeah, sure. No, but I don't think I it's bad. Mean, yeah, no. And I, I didn't even mean anything like that. I just meant I, the way that this felt to me was just like, it's like a kind of a crime movie or a gangster movie sure. just cause that's what I have seen. So that's what I would pull it back to. However, uh, the i guess the matte paintings the the mm-hmm. sets and everything in this were like definitely a step beyond what i would have expected yeah um even yeah. for a studio picture of the time i mean just like they they it uh there's a point where leslie howard i think it's leslie howard's character is like walking through the desert mm-hmm. uh, yeah it is he's he's coming back from like their car just got uh they got carjacked by the gangsters and so he's walking back to the um diner and it reminded me of night of the hunter where it's just like a yeah. kind mm-hmm. of like starry night behind him. And it feels fake, but it also looks so beautiful and it feels like a night kind of would feel or something like, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And so like, you know, like I said, so of the movies I've seen from the era that did really stand out as like, Oh, that's some pretty good like production value there. Um, so there was that. And I don't know, I enjoyed it, but I don't know that I would be like, so my litmus test sometimes is like if I saw this knowing nothing about it, like not knowing that this is a classic, if I just saw this on like TCM when I'm flipping through channels or something, which I don't have TCM and I don't have cable, but let's say, <laughs> um, but uh, like, would I see this and know that it was a classic? Like, w- would it like stand out to me? Cause like night of the hunter, I have no doubt that I, if I stumbled across that, I would be telling everybody I knew. Yeah. for um, sure. Whereas with this, I think I was kind of in the middle. Cause it was like, definitely, Bogart stood out. I think the set design really stood out. Betty Davis, I thought was really, very good. It's also, this is probably one of the youngest I've ever seen Betty Davis in a movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think I would say that this would be above average, but I don't know that I would like be singing its praises in the same way as like some of. That's a great question to ask movies. yourself, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's like kind Very of rigorous. It's, uh, it's kind of yeah. impossible, but right. But I but I but I the sentiment's great, <laughs> I think. Yes. Do I really like this movie? <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so that's like I think that's kind of where I landed with it. But it was definitely like I mean, also, this movie is like 82 minutes long and I am never really we love, going. We, I, we a love movie that. Would have to be, yes, a movie would have to be really bad for me to like regret spending 82 <laughs> minutes on it. Um but but no, and it was it was yeah, it was it was good. This is also like I was thinking like this would be fun to watch with Victor at some point, like because uh, it, it moves quickly, like sometimes mm-hmm. I don't know. And who knows what a kid would think? But like I know that as a kid, even black and white was sometimes like a signal to me like, oh, I don't know about this. And so it's like, you know, 
this moved quickly and and whatever we watch you know i watched like a very nice restoration like it, it looked very good uh sounded yeah. good and all that so yeah i don't know it's good snappy one kind of like i mean like the cagney movies or something of the time it's like Are that would sure 100 years later you want to risk your son um idolizing a world famous murderer <laughs> i mean you know he, he doesn't have to uh it would introduce you know moral ambiguity to him he could wrestle with you know uh i don't want him to turn out like leslie howard i can tell you that much <laughs> yeah for he, real I, no, here's <laughs> fucking thing. dead leslie howard in real life was like a total badass like i don't know and if well, you know about well, uh, how he he, he just he looks was like a he, friggin' dandy yes and he plays these i mean because his most famous role is uh Gone with the Wind, where he's just playing the most like ineffectual, you know. Damn, he pretty died boy. young. Well, he died uh, during World War Two, so he. Oh, um, yep. It, oh, really? He's yeah, British, he and he, but he's he's descended from German Jews. Like his mom, I think, was German Jew, and yeah. he was hugely active in like uh, anti-war propaganda or not anti-war anti-nazi propaganda for the brits and then also kind of suspected of being a spy possibly like doing more because he would like do trips in europe where he would go meet with um anti-nazi people and and he would you know make make prop make propaganda and all that kind of stuff um and his plane a plane that he was on uh was shot down by the germans and that's crazy and there are a lot of um theories it's kind of still sort of somewhat mysterious um they there are churchill was supposed to be on a flight on a different flight at the same time so there's some and then churchill churchill apparently also always used to get like he seemed to be able to like have premonitions of his own death and so there's like there's a rumor that he asked a mechanic to fuck something up with the plane so that he wouldn't have to travel because he just felt like I'm gonna they're gonna kill me if Weird. I fly. But so there's so he so Churchill wasn't actually flying, but he was supposed to be, and so there's some idea that like maybe the Germans thought that this was Churchill's plane that they were shooting down. There's also the idea that they suspected Leslie Howard of being a spy, and they obviously had reason to hate him for everything else he was doing anyway, and so that they deliberately targeted this plane just because Leslie Howard was on it. Um, hmm. The most interesting theory to me, which is um, not debunked exactly, but it's like, I, I, we don't know, and it's it's not the most uh, straightforward theory, but it's that um, the, the British have had already decoded um, the Enigma uh, machine that the, that the Nazis, that the Germans were using um, mm-hmm. to create, to, you know, to transmit their war plans. And there's one theory, and I know this because of my dad, um, <laughs> that uh, they had, that the British had actually learned that the Germans were planning to shoot down this plane, but they could not warn anybody because then the germans would know that they had cracked the code and it was too Uh, important to like churchill was like very insistent i mean understandably that like we cannot let them know that we know that their you know code system does you know 
that we can read everything they're saying. <laughs> um, so that's one theory is that they allowed Leslie Howard and everyone else on the plane to be killed rather than uh, because to intervene would have sh- would have demonstrated that or might have tipped off the Germans that they had figured this out. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. So That's Leslie really Howard was like, I think, a pretty cool dude in so, in real life. Let me clarify. Yeah, I don't want Victor to be like Leslie Howard's character in the film, right? But if he turns out to be like Leslie Howard, but <laughs> you don't want him to be like any of Leslie Howard's characters that I've ever seen, because the guy in of Human Bondage yeah. is a total fucking pushover. Uh, See, and I've never seen that uh, um, of Human Bondage, but I think you would. I think if you appreciate young Betty Davis, like mm-hmm. of Human Bondage is the role. Um, like it had a huge effect on the Academy Awards, actually, because she didn't I think she wasn't even nominated or she she at least she didn't win for it. And it was like a humongous scandal that she because mm-hmm. everyone was like, obviously, this is the best acting performance of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And it went to I can't remember who, but something that like nobody remembers. Um, OK. And so that's why she won for, I think, like Jezebel or something the next year, even though it like was not as good of a performance it was like a make em up um oscar um but she is like like they almost always are she's fucking incredible in that movie and you will hate honestly you'll hate her and him because like he is just like pathetic and she is like one of the hugest most awful bitches to like it's awesome (laughs) like my whole family could like quote her (laughs) one of the speeches she gives when she's just like She's just absolutely like ripping him a new one in the cruelest way possible. And the camera is just like, like, it's just on her face. Like the camera is him looking at her while she just like says this horrible shit to him. And then occasionally (laughs) it'll like, it'll cut to him just reacting like, like, Jesus Christ. It's so good. It's very, it's a really fun movie. Very like, very, uh, yeah, really good. So either you have recommended that to me before or you wrote about it on Zanga like 20 years ago, because I do remember you talking about that movie. And I was like, oh, I should see that movie. Um, But but yeah. Um, Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, Also, I was going to say you said something earlier about um, the Cagney, like the greatest villain since Cagney. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I saw it on Wikipedia. There's a picture of the ad. Humphrey Bogart is the greatest villain since Cagney and white heat and uh, white heat came out five years before this. <laughs> well, really? I just thought that was, there's yeah, only like 20 that, years wow. of movies. Right. Well, I know. Yeah. It's like the greatest villain since Cagney. It's like to us now that would mean, Oh wow. This, I mean, yeah, it's been almost a hundred years. <laughs> it's well, and it's interesting. That would be like, like, it's similar because it's like Cagney's not like the bad guy in white heat. Is he, am I stupid? Isn't he like the star of the well, film? Let me here. Isn't that the one where he's like? No, I'm sorry. Public Enemy. Oh, okay. No, same um, deal though, isn't it? It says uh, since Cagney of the Public Enemy, and that yeah. that was that was 1931, I think. Yeah. I had it all up here a second ago. But it's similar where like yeah, Bogart isn't really a villain in this movie. I would say. Uh, I mean, yeah. I he's would like, say he, th- he's there. There seems to be a disconnect. I think between like what they want his character to be and what they're able to have his character be because he's a world famous murderer but he's also like he's able he's able to like chit chat with people like he's honorable in certain in some ways like i mean you can't say that he's bad for killing leslie i mean you could say he's bad but like 
he like <laughs> he, he's doing what Leslie Howard asked him to do. But that's weird. Like it sort of feels like yeah. he's willing to kill this man because that's what murderers do. But like I'm thinking about like what's what's a real life career criminal going to do? Like I don't think they just want to like rack up a body count for the hell of it. No, I don't, right. think, they, I don't I think that's why he was doing it. I think he was doing he just, it because he he said he we said he would. And he knew it was important to this guy. Well, yeah, I think that's, ultimately, why? I think why he, does he give a he shit? Was, I, I feel like it worked out where he wasn't going to kill him, and then he got Leslie Howard's character got in his way, and he's like, "Okay, see, I don't like, yeah, I need to yeah, go. That's, that's, that is what I think happened. that's possible, yeah. but I think it's I think it's deliberately ambiguous because I to me yeah. the implication is he shot the football player in the hand. And the old man is like, was that yeah, a bad shot right. or did you do that on purpose? And he says it was a bad shot. But like, I think the subtext is he didn't really want to hurt the guy. Yeah. And now, I think the same goes for Leslie Howard. I mean, Humphrey Bogart could flick Le- Leslie Howard out of his way if if he wanted to. Sure. <laughs> I, I still would say, though, he's probably the villain of the film in the sense that like they've just had this Oklahoma massacre, sure. as one of the characters right. says, uh, said. Uh so, but yeah, no, but he's like he's nuanced, villain, but he's not like he's what, what's that? He's like nuanced. He's not like he yes, he's exactly. he's yeah, not yeah. just a bad guy. I think that's like like I I don't think it's just like. I think there's some truth to the idea of like Leslie Howard admiring him in some way. Like it's yeah. fucked up, but. um, Yeah, I don't think he's. I think he he does have like some system of like kind of code and the fact that he's like he wants to, you know, believe in his girlfriend <laughs> that she's not going to betray him and all that stuff. Right, yeah. I think he's at least not a sociopath like a lot of villains yeah. would have been. Which in, is like, the same as like D- Dillinger, I think, right? That like I mean, people a lot of people loved Dillinger. Um But right. is it the whole thing like because I feel like, you know, you've got um, you got Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde and and I don't know, Babyface Nelson. All these fuckers like weren't they actually all just like. Super, super shitty people who did a lot of like atrocious, really bad, bad, bad things. And then the public just idolized them. And then I this think... feels like not that. I think that. um or we're like looking at this character through the lens of like how the public viewed people like John Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde. I think that's true. We... I think I think it is commenting on how the public viewed them. But okay. I also think like we're talking okay. about a time period where it's like the it's the law and order imposed by like gangsters versus the police was like not necessarily like that different always like like people had like you know some of them were like robin hood-esque figures um not not saying that like i'm not arguing that like dillinger was a good dude or misunderstood i'm just saying i think that that even with him there was like he's like a he's a he's a better guy than the alternative i think in some cases yeah yeah, that's actually that's an interesting I've seen the the Dillinger movie that I don't know if John Milius wrote it or directed it, but it's got Warren Oates in it. And I, so I, and I don't know how accurate that is. And then I've seen Bonnie and Clyde, but that is an interesting phenomenon that would have been 
contemporary to mm-hmm. this movie that I don't actually know much about. Like you were saying, like, weren't they actually like really bad, but they just the public embraced them as these kind of folk heroes, which I feel like I have heard that, but I don't know. It makes like, it makes sense. Like you, yeah. you've people are, you know, literally starving. And then some people who showed up and were like, well, fuck the banks. I'm just going to take money. Right. Like, I, I mean, I, I get it. It makes perfect yeah. sense. But like my understanding of like Bonnie and Clyde is that they were huge fucking idiots and like actual psychopaths <laughs> and straight yeah. up murdered people. <laughs> Interesting. But people loved them for it. Have yeah. you seen Public Enemies? No, uh, I never I have. have. You, uh, uh, the, uh, the Michael, Michael Mann. Man. Film, right? You're a big yeah. Michael Mann head. Yeah. I am. I'm a man head. I just I've never seen that one. I think I mean, that's that's a, it's fairly like I think it's watch it. fairly historically yeah. accurate. OK, yeah. Michael Mann, I think, is I believe he is a stickler for that kind of thing. I don't know how okay. many like historical like biopics he's made, if any. Well, uh, last the Mohicans. That's... Yeah. Isn't that's that kind of made up? That's not a biopic. Yeah. No, not a biopic. I, right. sorry, it's, I a historical. Historical. it's a historical. Yeah, historical yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I'm sure there um, is like what 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 is his you know meant to be historical. I'm sure has you know you some know what though I've never seen Last of the Mohicans either. <laughs> oh, you should watch that. I should I should watch both of those. But yeah, I feel I really like you like would love the, it. Uh, I like the '80s. I like the Miami Vice Michael Mann. That's like not that I don't like the other stuff. It's just like I the stuff it. I have seen tends to fall in that. You want you want uh, you want those wet streets. You want you want the yeah. movie. You want the movies that made every director after him. Uh, have a water tr- <laughs> water truck on set for like two decades exactly. straight. Yeah, <laughs> I get, it. I get it, I get it. Yeah, but um, well, yeah. What else? Uh, I got three. I got three lines. Okay, that I want to call out because okay. there's because they're so because they're either funny in context of now or stupid, um, or both. Uh, one is when she says tipping is un-American. Yeah, which that was like that was a whole thing actually. Um, historically, because um, it was seen as anti-worker. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, <laughs> I agree with them. I agree that it was true then, and it's even more true now. I think tipping well, is hella un-American. You walk into a fucking bodega now, and they... Have you noticed this? You go oh into, yeah, like, certain, like, sh- like, just, like, grocery stores, and they're... Yeah. And it's like, I know what those fuckers are doing, too. You, They're paying their fucking employees based on this and also i've noticed a pandemic thing that happened um and i think some places have kind of reverted like i've seen it like where the percentages when you get to like the tipping screen i've seen those percentages go up and then back down i feel like they are they're now being like algorithmically adjusted Mm -hmm. like let's try and push it a little bit okay it didn't work let's go back down i'm telling you guys i've seen i've seen because usually it's like 10 15 18 but I've seen 20, 25, 30. I don't want to fucking shoot myself. Yeah. It's, That's crazy. It's ridiculous. Apparently anyway, from like so the 1890s to the 1930s, it was like very like frowned up tipping was like seen as, first of all, European and therefore gross. <laughs> Which is so funny because you yeah. don't even really tip in Europe. Um, uh, so, yeah. That's fucking tight. I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's tight. And we need to bring that back. Well, so... Is the reason it's anti-worker because they pay them? They don't have to pay the minimum wage if right. they're a tip yes. professional. Okay, because then you. the 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 proprietor can pass their duty to pay their employees off onto like the customer. I see. That makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we did away with tipping, I'd be all for that. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. It is like I there was something Sarah and I were just talking about this this weekend, where it's like the screen comes up every time you like use. I hate like, it, dude. The people do the thing on their phone. 
whether yes. you swipe your card or whatever. Yeah. Or now uh, I'm getting I'm getting asked to tip for things like before they occur occur. You know, right. like the tipping yeah. screen automatically comes up. I'm also being asked to tip for just like I had my I had to have my um air conditioner fixed last week. Yeah. And I just like and I shouldn't have fall. I shouldn't have. I should have. I should have held my ground on this one. But like I just, it was. It all happened so fast, and I just, I felt, I got pressured. I got anxious. But I paid for it. It was like six hundred bucks, and the tipping screen came up, and I ended up leaving like a fifty dollar tip just because I, I like I selected the the lowest percentage I could, and yeah. I'm just like, why am I doing this? Why is it being asked of me? Anyway, right. we could do a whole pod. We could do a whole year long podcast about how much I hate tipping, and like. I tip for the record. I'm a tipper. I tip because I have got a fucking gun to my head, though. <laughs> it's like, I know, because yeah. I know if I don't tip, then that person, like, it's not like I'm going to change the system. So then that person just has less money to live on because they're fucking, yeah. the company they work for is dog shit. Anyway, it's all sucks. Okay. That, other lines. Um, <laughs> when uh, Bose yells, uh, I got to comb my hair. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that guy's cool. Um, <laughs> and then when uh, when the the um, the African American guy who is part of the gang goes up to the like the Mister Schism's driver and he just says, mm-hmm. "Hi, colored brother," and then it, <laughs> and then the other guy just goes, "Good evening." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he kind of looks at him. Fucking yeah. awesome. Uh, that's what I got. Those those are literally the only notes that I took. It's funny because I like I wasn't taking notes on this, and then like halfway through the movie i realized there's a lot of really funny lines and i gotta write them there down. was mm-hmm. and i kind of would yeah i wish i had taken some notes um i thought that was one thing though that i did while watching uh note that i thought that was interesting that uh the kind of contrasting roles for the the black actors um mm-hmm. they, they didn't do like a ton with it like it wasn't like a big deal but no. it was like a little bit of the uh maybe like we're talking about this kind of uh uh the criminals are right kind of thing you know like this sure. guy's like this guy's free this guy looks like a dork um kind of thing oh so, yeah that yeah. was crazy that was when the he's like the chauffeur or something right yes mm-hmm. uh, yeah he, he when <laughs> when the i guess the cops or the fbi or whoever start like shooting through the place first of all funny because there's like a bunch of hostages in there and they know that um, right. <laughs> and they just start shooting yeah. the building the the um the chauffeur guy just like drops his head down like he doesn't get off of his stool and like lay on the ground or anything. He just is sitting there in the exact same position, but his like chin is at his chest. It and it's Interesting. like bullets flying by his head. It is it's so bizarre. Oh, that's funny. I think that's pretty cool so too. He looked familiar. Did did you recognize him from anything? No. Okay. What was his name, Ben? The chauffeur. He does not even doesn't have a Wikipedia. John Alexander. But yeah, he looked familiar. Like I, it was like, have I seen him something from this time? But yeah. Um, yeah, let's see what else we got. Did you have any uh, notes, Kit? Little stragglers or anything? I didn't take any notes. I did just see that uh, Betty Davis was not even nominated for A Human Bondage. And um, hmm. people, uh, ign- like tons of voters wrote in her name. Like, oh wow that's cool like, yeah oh yeah and then she won um she won for the like next year for dangerous which is like not really as good of a movie or performance 
That must be like when um, Russell Crowe didn't win for The Insider. So they gave it to him for a gladiator. That's a good Michael Mann movie. Yeah. Did you know that I'm, 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 since we're running out of things to say, I'm just reading uh, IMDb trivia. <laughs> and uh, Humphrey Bogart got a freelance contract for three weeks at $750 a week. Yes. Only nice. after the, six, the movie was a success did he get a 26-week contract. $750 a week. And he died in like 1955. Like his career was like so Humphrey short. Bogart, really? Yeah, yeah. I think that's so. I just saw that. Yeah. Holy shit! What and did you he look die at of? like the movies. Cancer. He, cancer. Uh, yeah. Um. Like the movies, he made so many fucking kick-ass well, movies. He was only making seven hundred fifty dollars a week, so the dude <laughs> had to he had to really stack them up, you know. Like it's pretty crazy. I made me want to watch like more of his movies like i've seen some god damn look at all the movies he made in like 20 years it's crazy <laughs> that's sick um, did he have children he did he named one of well, them he, leslie leslie at least oh yeah. that's right yeah we already talked about that okay. yeah and you know who he was so, married to who lauren bacall oh nice Super she was quite a bit couple. younger than him right oh yes <laughs> yeah i feel like i remember did we talk about that on some other episode? Have mm-hmm. we watched any Lauren Bacall movies? No, not yet. <laughs> okay. Must have been something I was listening to. A lot of times when I hear something I like in another podcast, I just pretend it was our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what an incisive is... uh, observation. Kit Whoa. Made. Hmm. He played. Um, he rep- uh, Humphrey Bogart reprised the role. Mm-hmm. 20 years later. In, oh, yeah, is, I saw that. What is this? Producer it was like a TV showcase. Play. Oh, so they re they like redid it kind of like when they did Grease or whatever recently ish. Oh, yeah. yeah, they used to what do was that, that like, 10 years ago, like do like radio plays and teleplays of like of films and stuff like oh, that. Oh, Lauren Bacall's in that version. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And what was it? Uh, Henry uh, Fonda is Henry Fonda, uh, yeah. is Leslie Howard. I've actually seen a lot of Humphrey Bogart movies. Henry Fonda is truly the heir to Leslie Howard, but like funnier, I think. This is just making me think of all the movies from like the 30s that I want you to make you guys watch. Do a triple. I do have, yeah. Yeah, sum up the entire decade in three movies. Yeah, it's a piece of cake. Yeah, Andrew did the greatest action movies of all time in three movies. You could I did, do yeah. The 30s. I did. <laughs> and it's, and it, it is definitive. It is. <laughs> I like how I re-listened to that once you edited it and put it together. Uh-huh. Um, and like in the first two episodes, like it's like we did Mad Max, Terminator 2. And it's like, since we're not doing the Matrix, we're not going to do the Matrix since we didn't do the Matrix. And then the third episode is the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to do? Uh, I think maybe Die Hard or I don't know. I had something. I had a couple others. Maybe I may, Die Hard would work. May, maybe a, maybe a, a Mission Impossible. I do think like Fallout is good. Not, maybe not the other ones, but I think specifically Fallout could make the list of like the actual greatest action movies of totally. all time. Um, totally. So, Kit, have you seen? Uh, I assume you've seen like The Big Sleep and The Maltese Falcon and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen Key Largo? Mm-hmm, but I was thinking about watching it again honestly like when i finished this i was like i think i just want to keep watching movies like this and key largo was like the one i was gonna watch next that's 
Yeah, that's a really good one. And then also in a lonely place, which is pretty different, but also really good Bogart that I have seen. But there's also like African Queen, obviously, and like Casablanca. Is it good? Well, African Queen's good. Yeah. Um, have you seen Beat the Devil? Mm-mm. No. That was a weird one. Was, uh, also, so his his role in this was Duke Mantee, but mm-hmm. every time they said it in the movie, I thought they were saying Duke Mantini. <laughs> I, I think know. I think Duke Mantini would have been a little too, you know, like maybe effeminate or something. I think. Oh, you need... yeah. Mantini. Freaking Treasure be, of the Sierra Madre, been. too. Oh, yeah. That's never that's, seen it. Yeah. Is it good? Hi, Sierra. Oh, you should. Have you really never seen that? Yeah. Are you joking? No, I'm serious. He hasn't seen too. Casablanca. I haven't seen Casablanca. And you're asking me if no, I've I seen know. a movie well, with with way more words in the title. Come on. Here's the thing. Okay, so whenever he says I haven't seen Casablanca, I forget that. I always think he hasn't seen Citizen Kane, which he mm-hmm. has seen. I have seen Citizen Kane. Yes. And I've asked him that multiple times, and he's like, of course I've seen Citizen Kane. But then you haven't seen Casablanca, so that's, yeah. you can't, <laughs> or of Treasure course, the that. Sierra Well, Madre. but Citizen Kane is considered the greatest movie of all time. I think... Casablanca is considered the greatest movie no. of all yeah. time. Citizen, yeah. Citizen Kane's higher on the list. And, uh, well, at various points, Casablanca versus For sure. I live in the, I live in the present, buddy. Actually, what is what is you would like Treasure of the Sierra Madre? Yeah, oh no, yeah. So in all seriousness, you must you must see that. The big sleep, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, you should definitely see. The current sight and sound is a three hour movie about like a lady. It's super (laughs) slow. It was really controversial last year when they remember maybe it was this year. Yeah. So that has to be your favorite movie now since you're a man of the present. I I think here's (laughs) I think the big sleep is the one I'm not sure. I think it's the big sleep. There was a Humphrey Bogart movie where my dad used to talk about how like every single woman in the movie is like the most beautiful woman you've ever seen (laughs) in your life. Is that the big sleep? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like insane. Like like the smallest role will just be holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually like a lot of movies from the 40s, um, mm-hmm. which I think The Big Sleep must be the 40s, right? Yeah, I will, 46. I will say that I, I now don't watch a lot of movies because I feel like I'm, they're going to get assigned to me by one of you guys on this. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I, feel like I, I have movies like, that I will be like, oh, I'm going to watch X tonight or whatever. And then I just like don't because I'm like, well, what if I do it in a triple <laughs> in six months? Well, what like what? I don't know. All kinds of stuff. We've done like four triples in one year. We've had, we've had I know, quite a bit of I know. It's bad. But I like yeah. I have like I, I wanna do like I have like a bunch of lists. Like I've got my I've got like um nineties dramas. Mm-hmm. And like I wanna yep. do you guys haven't seen Goodwill Hunting. I wanna do Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Um and I like I like like that movie. Like I watch it like every couple of years and I haven't watched it in like five years <laughs> because partly because of this. <laughs> A triple, I think it I would be do. good. I think a good triple, like, like no offense, but like it would be. I mean, it, we can't do it because I would put like Jerry Maguire, Goodwill Hunting, and something else, and be like, are these acclaimed films from the '90s actually good? <laughs> like, like yeah. do we understand why people freaked out about these? See, I would do so, my my triple would be my triple would be '90s dramas that actually are as good as people said they were at the time. And Jerry Maguire, you, we, I, yeah, we would not. Would you it. put American Beauty in that? I don't know. No, probably not. So this is the thing. That I've been thinking about it That one changes, you know? So I feel like because of Kevin Spacey, it's like this big 
Oh, American Beauty would be people, great. American Beauty is such a good movie. I but don't it would think be, that would be good. a great one to evaluate because I could see because yeah. even if it's good, I could still see being like, I don't like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It would. It would be. It's, it is weird. And like we've talked a, tr- a thousand times. Yeah. I always try not to let the artist get in the way of the art. Mm-hmm. I, I also I'm much. I don't care about many of the things that people care about. But like, um, with with that. I get how it really colors the movie because of the, what the movie's about and everything. Right. But you you have seen yeah. it before, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I don't yeah, think so. Like, I don't think I that just, would come into play for me. See, I think you can. I think I can do it. Like, because, like I said, I think I kind of make a point to do it just to like because I get tired of the way people talk about movies sometimes. But like, uh, but yeah, I think I can see that one more than I can see like some of the other ones that people sure. are just like, oh, you know, whatever. But uh, but no, it's so like I watched it a couple of years ago and it's just like it's like this is such a fantastic movie. And like and that video you sent me, uh, Andrew, about like the movies of 1999. Yeah. I think it was like I can't remember which YouTube Zoe or Chloe Deschanel. It was like a pun on Deschanel. Broy Deschanel. Yeah. Yeah. So she she made a movie or a YouTube video talking about the movies of 99. And she talks about American Beauty and how like. I think that like if you watch it now and you did not live through that time, sure, then I can see exactly that, that would be a weird movie. Did but it was like it was it so perfectly captured, right? Like what that whole year was like, and sure. it's just like yeah. And on top of that, it's remarkably well made. It's just very, it's fun. It's very cool. I, don't I know, think I like it. it I think it is a good movie, and I but I do think you can, I think you can debate its merits without without even talking about. Um, right, Kevin Spacey's because I think sure. that's the thing is that it yeah. sometimes things that are like absolutely perfect for their time like don't last as long or don't don't hold True. up yeah. as well. Like the fact yeah. that it did such so, like I feel like Spring Breakers could have a similar fate where people watch that movie in their future and they're like, "What?" Uh, because it was just like so like right now. Spe- yeah. Speaking of Spring Breakers. I got. A, I watched a really good, um, like, short documentary about like a twenty four, and th- so they started out as a distribution company, mm-hmm. and the first movie that they bought was Spring Breakers. That's their first movie, yeah. and they didn't make like they didn't they didn't their first the first movie that they actually made was fucking Moonlight, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just okay. like it's just like talking about like their whole like strategy or whatever, and like how hard they had to woo Harmony Corinne to buy his movie. Um, they, like, made him, like, custom bongs that looked like squirt guns. And st- anyway, it's all very stupid. But they were <laughs> they just, they needed a movie that people would talk about. Um, and it was, like, just, like, looking at that movie's, like, box. Like, it did remarkably, for what it is, it did remarkably well at the box office. And it had, like, like, its first weekend was, like, huge. And then... Sorry, but like the word of mouth got around and like people kind of stopped watching it. But it like basically launched that whole company. Yeah. Um. I mean, it was it was among I would say top five best movies of that decade. Yeah. So there was another really twenty four. Yeah, definitely. There was another really really interesting thing about um, just like side note, an interesting thing about a twenty four, which is like they ha- there's this they've cultivated this like myth where it's like. Because for the first time in like his, well, not the first time, but one of the first times in history, you have like normal people who are fans of a studio versus like a director or whatever. And mm. I think it's because they've kind of cultivated this 
image of like, well, we don't, we put out like interesting movies. We don't like make bad movies or whatever. And it's like, no, they totally make bad movies. They make bad fucking movies all the time. You just never hear about them because their like marketing strategy is so, it's so dialed in. Like they don't, so they don't use traditional marketing. That was like their big thing. That was like one of the, like the basis of the company essentially is that they're going to use viral marketing and word of mouth to sell all their movies. And that's how they do it. Um, and so whenever there's a movie that people just like, like when, it, when they, when they, it's complete and they've decided, oh, this is shit. Like they don't try to market it. They bury it. Okay. So they, that's like, so there's like tons of movies. They released more movies last year than fucking Paramount did. Um, Seriously? Yes. Damn. I didn't know that. And right. Cause a lot of them you would never have heard of because they, right. they get buried on <laughs> Apple plus or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, I think that's interesting. Um, and anyway, just Spring Breakers made me think of that. But yeah. like also Spring Breakers is part of like, you know, I think you could make a meme about like what is what a A24 movie looks like. And Spring Breakers is like kind of the basis for that, you know, like yeah. it, it sort of defined like what a like quality indie movie was going to look like for the next, you know, 10 years or whatever. And like even yeah. like I watched there's a movie a couple years ago that came out with um Nicholas Braun and a few it's called Zola. It's like based on a Twitter thread um, that I really liked, oh, but yeah. it's like, it may as well be spring breakers too. Um, just like the way it looks and even like the subject matter. Um, but anyway, spring breakers, See, and they all, they all called me crazy, but I said, well, I was they're so still calling, they're, they are still breakers. calling you crazy for the record, <laughs> but for different reasons. For di- yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it did, it did make its mark. And I do think that's interesting. Yeah. Great film. Um, uh yeah let's see we, we talked about bogart i sent uh, you guys in the chat um there is a mary melodies um cartoon that uh, is a parody of this movie that i oh, really that i think i remember oh, like i think um i think i have seen this cartoon <laughs> at some point when i was a kid um yeah it's funny Nice. I'll have to check with that. It's okay, like so, about okay. going to the Back movies, basically. So for the listener, the uh, the cartoon is called She Was an Acrobat's Daughter. So we will have to... Uh, that'll be on our Patreon-exclusive bonus mm-hmm. content. We will be discussing that short cartoon. $100. Yes. And they call the movie The Petrified Florist, which is also a Murder, She Wrote episode. <laughs> That's also cool. <laughs> Well, so I I don't have I didn't take notes and so I don't really nothing springing to mind to talk about. Nope. Um, I mean it's an 82 minute movie, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We could be a what do we got? Yeah, we're right about there for uh uh recording. Uh but yeah, Kit, Andrew, any little stragglers or shall we move on to our cruise minute? <laughs> cruise minute. All right, cruise minute. Can we like live react to the trailer or something? Sure. <laughs> Just send me the URL. Because we could actually be timely. Because okay. we should put this out. I think we should put this out as the next triple if you don't mind. No, that's fine. I have to finish okay. the one I'm I'm to finish the one I'm releasing right now. Mm-hmm. But We've really been it's been a very slow drip. It sure has. <laughs> that's a lot of people would describe me as a slow drip. I wouldn't. Thank you. I would say you're a completely regular speed drip. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Let me know when to start. 
Oh, hang on. I'm going to put it in the chat. Oh, Kit just did. I already oh, said it to him. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, I'm like about Googling. Slow <laughs> <drip. I'm sitting laughs> <here. laughs> Shut up. Okay. I'm ready, okay? Uh -huh. All right, ready? Three, two, begin. Ooh, it's loud. I, turn the I hate teasers for trailers that yeah, are everyone the beginning does. of the trailer. <laughs> That's my Skydance first also put out the worst film of the year so far. <laughs> Wait, this one that says it's from naked. 11 months ago. Fighting for the so-called greater good. Naked ladies? No. This is the new one. This is the new one? Isn't yes. it? Yeah, no, it, it says is. 11 months ago. 16 million views 11 months ago. Oh, okay, this is the wrong one. Fuck. I was going to say, I think we've seen this one. No, it's not. No? No, Did this is the one it? I watched today. This that? is new. Okay. It does say 11 months ago. I don't understand, but it is new. It is new, okay. Yeah. Maybe they can update it. Anyways, I've ruined the trailer. Oh dear. They put that little like site that reaction. They put it under a different line than the first trailer. Mm -hmm. hmm. Just a little fun. Lee's really excited about Henry Cizerny, or however you say it. Did I tell you guys I'm taking the day off work for this movie? Cool. What? I took a day off work for this. Sarah and I are going to go see it. So like the Monday after it comes out. So we're not seeing it that Friday, but we're going to see it on Monday. We do have to do yeah. uh, just a single episode for it, right? For sure. At, at I mean, least. we could do. Yeah, we could do whatever. I mean, we should do it. We should do it. Time the, allowing. Like, no matter where we are in the release schedule or whatever, we should just do it Ew. and then release it. For sure. I don't like I don't want him to be with Rebecca. For, I don't want him to be with anybody because the trailer is too loud. <laughs> OK, I turned it down. I like the way they made the cliff look. Like they CG'd over the um, the ramp or whatever. And it's they like got a, it's got like a slant to it that makes it feel real. <laughs> well, not there. Look fake there. Or not Looks fake. cool. I'm excited for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so fucking long. <laughs> what if, like, could you uh, imagine? Can you time. imagine? Talking about Tom Cruise for, I don't know, how long we've been doing this now? Five, six years? And uh, just generally. And then deciding, seeing the trailer, just be like, you know, I'm going to skip that one. Yeah, that's a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, yeah. I love that the the poster for this movie in the like teeny tiny in the background is just the shot of him in the motorcycle. <laughs> like, you know, yes. you, like, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> You know what I suspect too? I have a. I suspect that like we haven't even seen. I know because like, I don't, don't think he'd spoil it. I don't. Yeah. Because like they, but but I mean they spoiled the plane, and I think we knew about the Burj Khalifa thing. But I feel like there we knew about the Halo jump and Fallout. Like he, they showed. The but it didn't un, like right. But it didn't with, measure up to what is actually in the movie. Right. So I think there's some. I think there because I and I think I think this trailer feels like very light. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's a lot of quick. I know it's like wall to wall action, and I still think it's. I think it's light. You Rob yeah. Delaney's uh, in it. Yeah, yeah, which will be good. <laughs> I hope he says something very. I hope his. I hope he. I hope he plays himself. Who's and Rob then Delaney? he gets punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, he's like a Twitter comedian who's not funny outside of Twitter. But he was. Okay. He had a good. The... He had a show on Amazon where he was funny. I had to grudgingly admit, but. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there was a. He uh, had a good co-star too, so that helps. Yes. I thought it was one of the guys from Always Sunny, but no. that's probably somebody else. McElhenney, Rob, Rob McElhenney, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, Haley, and Carrie Elwes. That's kind of that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very, very honestly. Excited. You know they're going for the Mike demographic because you've got Rebecca Ferguson and Haley Atwell in the same mm-hmm. film. Yeah, and Tom Cruise. Let's be honest here. Speaking of uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, it's gonna it's a big summer for her because she's yeah. got mm-hmm. yeah she's got this movie Doom. and a fucking awesome TV show out. So what show? Uh, it's called Silo, and uh, hmm, I heard of it. There's it's a it's a book series that I'm in the process of finishing, and it's pretty radical. It, it's pretty cool. it's pretty awesome. And she's Dune too also. Great. And Dune 2. Oh, my God. I'm so... Oh, yeah. S- is that this summer? Yeah, That's dude. coming out soon? It's like, oh, wow. it's it's like end of summer, early fall. I th- or November. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That went quicker than I thought. Ugh. You know? All you have to do is have a kid that just... Dude, you know <laughs> what looks... You know who looks Soon like... Soon you'll be dead. I, <laughs> I, I was watching the Dune 2 trailer, and I was or Dune Part 2 trailer, and I was like, this Dune looks Dune. fucking... This looks so fucking good. I'm so excited. But the thing that I'm most excited for is Austin Butler. Mm-hmm. He looks so awesome good. Color. He plays um, he plays Harkonnen's like the the like the like anti Paul Atreides guy, the like the like guy that he brings to kill Paul Atreides. You've read Dune, right? Okay. Fade, yeah, I read Dune. Fade Rem- Wait, so but Austin Butler is um Elvis. He's, That's the Elvis kid. Yeah, he's yeah. Elvis. He does okay. not okay. The like f- full body transformation kind of thing cool. going on. He like looks. He looks like one of the engineers from Prometheus or something. He looks like oh, cool. he reminded me of Tom Hardy in Star Trek. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Hundred percent. That's um, a really good one. I'm just sad that my good friend David Dust Malchion won't be returning. Yeah. <sighs> like he, oh, he, he died. Yeah, he yeah. did. That was a fucking awesome scene, though. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. I called up my friend David. I said, "David, that was awesome." That's so cool, dude. <laughs> Uh, um, I talked to him, but I, I, I literally, I interviewed him while he was in, uh, Hungary filming that scene. So that was oh, cool. That oh, would, cool. That would, that's so it was awesome. Cool. Cause he's, he was like, and he like worked it out. He was like, we had, I had to call him back for something, I think, or maybe it was just, that was the only time we could line it up. Like the first time didn't work. And so he's like, he's like, I'll be in Budapest or Budapest, I think is what you're supposed to say. I don't know, pronounce it. But, uh, he's like, I'll be there, uh, filming for Dune. We have to do some reshoots. And I was like, I was like, I won't ask you anything about it, but I want to know everything about it. But he's my good friend. David. I think it's very cool that you got to talk to him. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, that was like it's like the kind yeah. of he's like the kind of like celebrity that I feel like it's like he's in tons of great stuff. He's immensely talented. Like the dude is like seriously in the biggest stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. He's like in, all the he's, Marvel he's in, stuff. And... Yeah. He's in Denise movies. He's in the fucking Dark Knight. Like that's his that's his breakout yeah, role true. is the Dark Knight. So it's just yeah. and he is awesome in everything, but also seems like he's accessible. I mean, he must be. You got a hold of him. He was super nice. I mean, he was there like... are. I just Googled like I just Googled news stories about him. And it's just one of them is just the super nice guy behind many creepy uh, villains. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's just known for being nice, I guess. Yeah, he was a very cool dude. Big, uh, we are a big Tom Cruise cast, but we are also a big David Dasmalchin. That's so cool. Uh, Dasmalchin, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, so good cruise reaction video there. That'll go viral for sure. Our, uh, <laughs> I might content. cut that out. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, mostly it was me going. I don't think this is the right video. Is this the right video? <laughs> but, anyways, um, so yeah, guys, the uh, budget for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One is two hundred and ninety million dollars. <laughs> Nice. That's 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 the kind of bloat. That's the bloated budget that I'm excited to see. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
because you know they spend every you, they spend every fucking cent of it and probably I mean, probably some of tom the, cruise's money his per, i know he fucking rented a yacht for them all to live on while they were yeah, shooting during they, the pandemic they spent seven years making it so. yeah <laughs> it seems like it seems like that's too low seems like they should have yeah. spent twice that yeah i mean you gotta pay that many people for that many years that's yeah that anyway but uh but yeah it's paramount also i gotta just say the people that brought us monster trucks so mm, uh, true and they're definitely not hurting you know that they're depending on this movie to like save their entire studio no paramount just had maverick they had sonic they're Paramount's You're right. doing pretty good and they got the they've got a new transformers film coming out which probably be a big hit with the kids what is it um I don't know. It's a new. It's like a new spinoff. I think of Transformers. It's, it's not a Michael. I, it's not a Michael Bay movie. Okay. I love Paramount. It doesn't look very Bay. good, but <laughs> nah, uh, the Transformers one I'm not really that excited about. But I am excited to watch Sonic Three sync Avatar Three mm-hmm. at Christmas 2024. I am, you know what I heard is that if you watch, if you start Sonic Three <laughs> at the same time as you, if you start that and Avatar Three at the exact same time. Uh-huh. You can watch Sonic Three exactly three times in the span that it will take you to watch Avatar Three. <laughs> wow! Wait, yeah. they're both blue guys, and they're both blue guys. Yeah, yes. it's all blue. Yeah. So if somebody puts out like a Smurfs sequel that Christmas, it's just going to be it'll be a we're, blue we'll, Christmas. We'll be, there is yeah. a Smurfs movie. There is a Smurfette movie coming. Really? Yes, I think so. Get excited, Mike. man! I hope it's Christmas twenty twenty four. Although I don't want it to. The Smurf uh, demographic could really eat into the Sonic demographics. So I don't know. Smurfs are that, Smurfs but... are huge right now. Are they really? It's no. Paramount. <laughs> oh, okay. Smurfs. It's a that's new amazing. live action Smurf movie, and Rihanna is Smurfette. It's live action. Rihanna <laughs> I, is a. Smurf? I'm gonna assume that <laughs> the trouble. Smurfs are not live action. Do you think Paramount is like? Do you think they're trying to dig into that sweet, sweet Avatar money? Do you think Paramount is just like Guys, they're gonna only know. do blue guy movies? Are <laughs> yeah, they? We yeah. Gotta do... They're doing they, blue beetle. Oh, you mean they're? I was gonna say they don't get any Avatar money, but yeah, they're trying. Yeah, they're they're definitely they're trying to kill Avatar. If they if you can knock Avatar, you know, just even a bit, Disney just spirals out of control. That Paramount's the it's yeah. a completely open highway for them. <laughs> yeah, so, I have faith in in Paramount. Uh, anyways, enough nonsense. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, folks. Please join us next week for 1944's The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, it, which it, uh, interesting to mentioned. What's up? He didn't oh, yeah, interrupt, he you. interrupt me. Oh my god, uh, Mike! I'm so sorry I didn't interrupt you. But Mike, <laughs> it's okay. What are we gonna be watching this <laughs> week? Fortunately, I was or he wasn't listening. Uh, so yes, uh, please join us next week for 1944's The Miracle of Morgan's Creek. Slow motion triple feature was recorded in. Oh, I didn't put anything in. What was it? We recorded in. Uh, we recorded in the second to last uh, stop. So this, the diner, was the last stop for quite a while to get yeah. gas, and we were the second. We were in the diner. So uh, ours is a little uh, bit nicer. Missed all the action. Yeah, it was pretty nice. The no roof's criminals. not not rusted. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. But uh, so yeah, that's where we recorded. Special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com. It's such a lonely inbox. We would love to hear from you. Hooray for-